Vision Update Sunday. What we do is we take a look at the year gone by, and uh, what I like is to paint a picture where where I feel God's leading us, and where uh, sense that the uh, Holy Spirit is leading us in this coming year. I know we're already in 2018, but it's uh, kind of one of those things that we like to do first week of February each and, each and every year. Give thanks to the Lord for what He has done and has been doing, as well as uh, look to Him uh, to lead us in this coming year. Uh, in the seat back in front of you, you have a, another card that's not the Connect card, and it's not the offering envelope. It's, uh, it has a gold top on it. On one side, it says Crossroads Church. I think on the other side, it should say Growth Track. If you want to grab one of those... Um, should be near you somewhere. If you're not near a pocket, just grab one and hand one down to uh, someone who's, who's around you. <clears throat> but here at Crossroads, uh, as I've been talking about the last number of weeks, uh, we talk about everyone matters. Everyone matters. Uh, what was uh, really not, I shouldn't say surprising to me, but something that was uh, encouraging to me was, well, these last number of weeks, just the feedback I've been getting, the number of you who truly resonate with that with that uh, title, Everyone Matters, and wanting to incorporate that into your day-to-day lives. Um, a, a great way to start this year to remind us all of what God has called us to. We also say here at Crossroads, in addition to Everyone Matters, <clears throat> we say that we are, we are called to, de- to develop engaged and empowered followers of Christ. That's what we're called to do. I always uh, draw the picture from Mark chapter 1, verse 17, a a verse that many of us know. It's a fairly simple verse, the one that we, if we grew up in church, you learned um, maybe from your Sunday school teacher when you're about four years old. But um, the verse goes like this, where Jesus is saying, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, other verses uh, put in gender neutral and says fish for people. But whatever it is, you learn this uh, song maybe, and you maybe even learn the, the, the actions and you, you know, trying to catch fish as a kid in Sunday school class. We, we jump over a lot of stuff that's going on in that verse and we get to fishers of men or fish, fishing for people. But what I like to draw our attention to when I look at this verse is the two parts of it. The first one is Jesus. He's going out collecting these yet-to-be disciples uh, from myriad of backgrounds. Um, uh, Some of them are skilled in what they do. Others are just uh, kind of misfits. But he says, come follow me. He invites them to follow him. Come follow me. And I call this the engagement, the, the invitation to engage the invitation to connect with God. And that's our number one priority. Uh, uh, One of our number one priorities here is to connect with God. His invitation, come connect. But before we, the next thing, before we get to the fishers of men, there's four other words there that I feel are so very important. You notice when Jesus turned to his disciples and said, come follow me and I want you to bring your tools. I want you to bring your stuff with you. I want you to bring your skills and expertise with you because you're going to need them. No, he didn't say that. What did he say? He said, I will make you four very simple words. I will make you. In fact, he was telling his disciples, leave your nets behind, leave your boats behind. Uh, Matthew, leave your, your tax collector book behind. You will not need it. Why? Because I will provide everything you need. I will give you, I will equip you, I will train you, I will, I will motivate you, I will make you. And this is where it comes, the engaged and empowered followers of Christ. That's what I want to be. I want to engage with Christ more and more and I want to be empowered by him. 
through the power of his Holy Spirit. Hopefully that's uh, what you want as well. So from there, we, uh, we highlight five core values, and you'll see that those, those five core values are written on that card there. Connect, grow, serve, give, and invite. Uh, I love those lines underneath. For instance, grateful people give. We don't give out of duress, and we don't give out of obligation, or a pastor sitting there putting his thumb on you and going, hey, you better, you know, you got to give your time, you didn't give your tithe to a greater, no, no, no. In the same way, I love that uh, found people find people. And we want to tell other people around us because of what God has done in our lives. I love those uh, saved people, serve people. Once again, not out of duress, not out of obligation. We give of our time and our energy. We give of our talents to bless one another. We talked about that last week. Being Christ-like, sacrifice of the one for the benefit of the many. Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We want to do the exact same thing. So as I mentioned this morning, I want us to look uh, a little bit in, uh, at what took place this past year. And for those of you who came excited about charts and graphs and, and things like that, you're going to be sorely disappointed today. Um, but uh, just for time's sake, we, we kind of have to clip along. But I do want to highlight a few things that went on in 2017. And as I mentioned, we'll turn the corner and look ahead to what God has for us this year. When it comes to kids' uh, ministry, um, this time last year, it was about, well, within a week of, of this week, um, we were sent on a very short runway uh, to replace uh, a children's pastor. Um, it was mid-February, uh, we started the search right away, and um, it was, like I said, it, it, it was a short runway and invested a lot of our time and energy as leaders here. Uh, we were blessed with some healthy leadership that was already in place, some added um, volunteers stepped up. I remember one Sunday I stood up here and I think I used the words all hands on deck. So I, all right, we got a rally and many of you did that. And I want to thank you for stepping up whether you're a parent, grandparent, or, or somebody who just had some gifts that we could use. Um, our children were in good hands at, but there were, there were also many struggles that we needed to navigate through, some of them organizational, um, some of them uh, uh, in different areas, uh, strategically, uh, even room-wise. But uh, throughout the spring, there was ongoing ministry. Into the summer, uh, we or I and uh, um, uh, Lisa Stoker, we took a, a, a group of kids up to uh, camp and had a, a great time up there. Um, some people say, you had to go to camp? I said, well, it wasn't so much I had to as I kind of wanted to. You know, I wanted to get away from this place and go hang out at a, at a you know, lake up in, in Oklahoma. No. But uh, you know what? It was really neat how God even used that opportunity because as you know, I don't get a whole lot of time to hang out with the, the children children in our children's ministry, your kids. And that was a, a neat time that I got to spend an entire week. Um, uh, now, before it sounds better that, to you like a, and more sacrificial than, than it really was, I didn't have to stay in a bunk on the top bunk in a, in a, in a dorm of 25 kids. I kind of got the Taj Mahal you know, hotel room off to one side. And so it was, uh, it was cushy for me, but it's still the same thing. It was so neat to be able to connect with our young people and, uh, and just hear them uh, experience and encounter the presence of the Lord. Just day after day, and uh, that was a, a joy for me. 
Um, at the end of summer, uh, by that time, we had, uh, we had hired Pastor Beth. Uh, she and uh, her husband, Dale, their daughter, Macy, uh, decided to make Crossroads their, their home, uh, accepted the, the call that we uh, issued to them to come. And I think it was September 11th was their first Sunday here, and, uh, and Beth was off to the races, and we have been truly blessed uh, with her ministry among us since then. She tells me that she's got a phenomenal group of volunteers. There's always room for uh, happy people to come and, uh, and join and uh, be a part of the ministry that's going on down there. Um, some really neat things. I got a chance to sit down and talk with her this week. Uh, some family events. Uh, they're going back to camp this summer. And uh, we're really looking forward to uh, what God has for our children's ministry this coming year. In our youth department uh, with Pastor Luke, who you just met, uh, his wife, Brittany, and uh, we also brought on, I don't know if you, you all know this, but uh, about six months ago, uh, how many months has it been, Luke? Five months when Diney came? Five months, four months? Five months, Diney gave me the high five, five months. Uh, if you haven't met Diney, uh, she uh, uh, knew Brittany and, uh, and Luke from out in California, and they invited her to come out and help us out in the youth group. She's done a fantastic job, and uh, as, w- as have a number of the other volunteer leaders that help out on Sundays and Wednesday nights. Um, we're blessed uh, truly with the spiritual growth and community that is in our youth group. Um, they're being invited into a personal relationship with Jesus, but they're also being called to serve. Um, one thing I appreciate about Luke over and over is, is his interest in teaching our young people uh, the Word of God. And they are truly getting that. And uh, um, just uh, from sixth grade all the way up to 12th grade, uh, he and his team pour in their lives into our, our teenagers, our young people. There's a little bit of a curveball that's heading our way. And that is in the form of uh, just some uh, restructuring and realignment in the school systems uh, here in Decatur specifically. And that is uh, August of this year, uh, fifth grade will be joining sixth grade uh, as an intermediate school. And so that's, uh, we're starting some conversations and some discussions between our children's department, which uh, incorporates our fifth graders now, and our youth department, which incorporates our sixth graders. And at this point, it looks like there's a formation of some sort of a intermediate or middle school a fifth and sixth grade group and we don't have the luxury of just hiring another uh, staff member and say hey off to the races you go so that's really where uh, we will come in um, us as a church family and and if God's laying kind of ministry in that age group in, on your heart we'd love to hear from you it looks like uh, some, maybe some sort of a club 56 or uh, something like that Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights but we're truly praying what God uh, uh, the opportunities that God has for us moving forward when we turn the corner to the adults on the, on the back side of that card, you'll see what we call our growth track. Um, what I'm asked uh, a lot is, um, I haven't done 101, but can I attend 201? Or I haven't done 101, 201, 301, can I be involved in a life group? Uh, I know I haven't gone through the growth track, but can I serve? Can I volunteer? And the answer is yes. Uh, this is called the growth track, and, and you can put it this way. It is a strong suggestion, but it's not a binding agreement. This isn't the only way you can get involved in the, in the life of the church. Uh, it, it, 
in more ways than one, this basically serves as an opportunity for somebody who says, I, I have no clue on how to get involved. How can I get involved? And this is sort of a, a runway for people to uh, at least start on. And if you haven't uh, been a part of one or more of those classes, we invite you to, uh, to get involved in those. Maybe you've been around Crossroads here for six or eight years and you haven't been to a, a, a Dream Team 201 or a Develop 301 class. Um, you might consider doing that. Once again, it's not mandatory, but it's, it's something that we'd love for you to consider. Um, you don't have to go through one, two, and three before you jump into a life group. If this is your first Sunday, you can hit a life group this week. Uh, if this is your first Sunday, you can start serving this week. Whatever uh, you feel God is calling you to, stop by the welcome desk, talk to one of the pastors, one of the ministry leaders. We would love to get you involved um, in the adult uh, realm or in that adult uh, category, we have men's and women's ministry. Our women's ministry uh, meets on Thursday mornings and Thursday evenings. I uh, would encourage you to get involved. Uh, we do it morning and night just so those who work have some options. It's the same study morning and night. Uh, there's a retreat coming up. You just heard about that. I would highly encourage you uh, to go to sign up and to attend. It's a Friday evening and a Saturday morning, and we encourage you to be a part of that. Men, the greatest gift you can give your spouse um, is tell her that you will look after the kids, and they will get fed, they will get clean clothes, they will not die, and you'll give them back to her in one piece, but go on the retreat, okay? So husbands, uh, that's your, your job is to even go as far as to sign your wife up and say, hey, this is my gift to you. I got it all under control, and she'll smile and nod and maybe even laugh, but that's okay. All right, men's ministry, similarly, uh, Thursday morning, Thursday evening. Uh, it's not the same study, but two options for you guys to, uh, to get involved. Uh, a number of years ago, we had uh, some prophetic uh, words over our congregation that men's ministry was going to emerge and, and start to grow. Uh, what I've learned is us men are great at talking about things and not doing things. So uh, we're just going to, uh, you know, uh, nip it right at the bud and we are going uh, headlong into it. Mark this down, March 17th, men. It's a Saturday morning and I understand it's the second weekend of uh, spring break, but we are having a guy's Saturday morning. We're going to start with breakfast burritos and end with barbecue lunch and there's going to be some guns and shooting in between. So I kind of got this, this thing. We're going to call it the G4 Summit. God, guns, guys, and grub. So there we go. So the, yeah, thank, yeah, that's a praise the Lord, right? So uh, March 17th, mark it on your calendar, and we're just going to go have grand time together. We've already spoken with a couple of guys about uh, just sharing uh, a little bit from the Word that morning as well. So uh, it's going to be a good time. And guys, this is the beginning of even better and greater things around here. Uh, let me just say a little bit about uh, some ministry, other ministries that take place around here. Uh, Embrace Grace, um, our ministry to, uh, to young girls with unplanned pregnancies. It's been going on for a number of years. Brandy Milburn and her team, uh, hard at it, some exciting things going on. But more than 50 girls have gone through this program. A new semester has just started up. There's even a, a, a second and third step beyond um, 
embrace grace in the form of embrace life. We're starting to minister to uh, young men who are related to uh, these women who are, are uh, coming to us for assistance and for care and for grace. And just a wonderful ministry, lots of opportunities, even for the rest of us as a congregation to come alongside, extend grace and the love of Jesus and meet some needs. Celebrate Recovery happens on Tuesday evenings. A a wonderful group of people meet here on Tuesdays each week, 52 weeks a year. Uh, They don't take a break and uh, amazing impact not only for our congregation, but for our community Ken and Shauna and Jay head that up. We have uh, also a ministry to the children um, of parents who are going through CR. And um, if you'd like to uh, either help out or you'd like to uh, consider attending, I'd, I'd consider you all to, uh, to uh, come and to experience what takes place here on Tuesday evenings. God is doing some amazing things. In terms of worship, Pastor Barry tells me uh, just great number of people who are serving each week. Uh, not only here on the platform, but behind the scenes. And uh, he tells me that there's always room on the platform and there's always room behind the scenes. So if uh, you're feeling called, um, we'd encourage you to uh, go and talk to Pastor Barry. Um, you may have noticed back in December, I got the guitar out of Pastor Barry's hand and, uh, and got him. And we, uh, we shared a time on Sunday morning to, uh, to teach on worship. I was blessed on that Sunday to hear Pastor Barry's heart, and I know you were too. And we look forward to doing more of that as, uh, as the year goes on. Uh, Crossroads has always been a worshiping church. Worship has been a, uh, a, a real big thing here, and that's uh, a, a good thing that I've appreciated even since, since day one. A side note, uh, something that Pastor Barry, it just kind of fits into worship ministry uh, because we use it so much, but a big project that Pastor Barry has been working on over the last number of months has been uh, the screens. Uh, anyone notice that we have some new screens up on the, on the platform here? Um, some people are just now going, Oh, oh yeah, okay. It's uh, um, uh, a, a little thing, but a big thing. Um, it, it was kind of a domino effect. About six months ago, one of our projectors went out, um, and it was the old standard definition projector, and the newer ones are different dimensions. I won't get into technical stuff on that, but one thing led to another, led to another, led to another, led to someone uh, who's sitting in the, in the congregation uh, came up to me one Sunday and said, um, it looks like we need some new screens to fit the new dimensions. Um, is there anything I can do to help? And I said, well, it's just a money thing. And they said, done. And so uh, somebody uh, generously donated a couple of screens and uh, um, we get blessed. Uh, for those of you with poor old eyes like me, you're thanking them, you know, uh, we're thankful. And uh, thank you, Pastor Barry and the team who got those put in. Uh, one last thing I want to make mention of before we just turn the corner and look uh, to what's ahead is uh, missions. And I put down, this was a crazy year for missions, not because it was bad, but crazy good, just some, God doing some amazing things. You may recall back in 2014, Vision Update Sunday, I stood up here and I said, I'm really feeling with the growth of the church, like our missions footprint has not been uh, uh, 
keeping up and, and the scale of our, our impact and our footprint on missions hasn't increased with the growth of our church. And I, I asked you to pray and consider not only going on teams, but to supporting missions. Well, I can tell you from that point until today, amazing things have gone on. We've sent five teams over to, uh, to Europe, five teams to Ireland. Um, we've sent uh, a team over to the Philippines and numerous opportunities that I would consider missions here in our community and in the Metroplex. Um, amazing things. And I say this year was crazy because we sent a team in the spring and on that team was uh, Cody and Leanne Wadsworth, Emma, you went in the spring, and then Brianna uh, was on that team as well. And I was just thinking that, Emma, I think you might be going someplace full time because the other three people on the team, Cody and Leanne have since uh, heard the call of God to move over to Ireland full-time, so they're going to be over in Ireland starting uh, uh, in uh, really a few weeks' time, six weeks, eight weeks' time, and uh, you're going to be hearing more from them next week, by the way. I've invited them to come up, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what, where God is sending them and what God has them doing and how we can participate. But on that team also was Brianna, and Brianna came back saying, I'm feeling called by God to uh, go on missions, and she's uh, now full-time in, in the Philippines, in Manila. Uh, it's amazing, since 2014 to, to now, we as a church, even a church our size, we have six full-time missionaries right out of our, our congregation in the last number of years. And that is a huge praise the Lord and a huge response to that prayer that God wanted to increase the impact and the footprint of missions. There's more opportunities coming. My, my prayer, I've even been talking with Pastor Luke about missions, getting our youth group uh, um, involved. My prayer, my vision is that each and every young person, by the time they hit uh, 12th grade and they graduate, each and every young person has had an opportunity uh, to go on a missions trip somewhere, someplace, somehow, uh, near or far. It's is that uh, uh, critical and uh, crucial of an experience and an opportunity that I want to provide. And so that's, that's something that as we move ahead, I want us to be praying about. A couple last words, uh, one about attendance and then giving. Uh, last year was the first time in, uh, to my knowledge, the history of Crossroads that we didn't have a growth year attendance-wise. Um, as I've been looking back and trying to assess it, it's not um, uh, specifically analytical. I don't have hard facts, but I think a big part of it is just uh, the, the state of our children's uh, um, department last year going through pastoral search, a real critical growth time in the kind of the church calendar is between Easter and the end of school. And that was a time that we didn't have a full-time children's pastor on staff. And I think we lost a little bit of a momentum there. But I believe uh, 2018 are, are not only our children's numbers, but our attendance numbers are on the upswing. And I believe in God for a, a good year ahead of, ahead of us. In terms of giving, um, last year's giving, uh, you might notice in your bulletin each and every Sunday, we try to just uh, update you where we're at as far as giving uh, to our projected spending for the year. And um, 
invite you each week to just take a glance at that. We don't want to obsess over it, but at the same time, we try to give you a, a report. Last year, we were, we were low all year long. I think a lot of that had to do with our, our attendance numbers. But I believe that this is a spiritual matter, and uh, I want you to continue to place a high priority on your tithes and your offerings, um, your commitment to the ministries here at Crossroads. Uh, Sunday after Sunday, we, we try to simply inform you and give you opportunities. I think the last time I checked, it's uh, creeping up to about uh, 30 or 40 percent of, of people who give online or through electronic devices, and uh, we do thank you for, for doing that. Uh, your faithful giving to the Lord and to the ministries of Crossroads is what I say uh, every Sunday. We're blessed, um, and uh, just as a pastor, I, I realize it's, it's awkward. I, I never want to uh, uh, feel uh, like I'm, um, I'm stepping out of line. I never want to uh, be manipulative. I don't want to uh, put any undue obligation, but I do want to teach and lead well, something that's a spiritual discipline and something that truly is a benefit uh, to the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. So enough said on that. Um, I believe looking ahead, there's a few things that, uh, um, that God has been laying on my heart. I've shared these with the elders. And in coming months and, and uh, uh, weeks, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll hear more about these things and, and how we're going to proceed. But I believe one thing that has always been a struggle for us here, that uh, we have some, uh, some solutions for, some temporary, some uh, permanent uh, one is meeting space. I truly believe that meeting space, uh, Sunday mornings as well as Wednesday night are difficult. As you know, our adult classes many times meet down at the conference center. And we're just feeling like that creates some uh, feelings of being disjointed and not connected and together much like we are here on a Sunday morning. And so we're trying to pull some of those classes, if not all of those adult classes, back into the building on Wednesday nights. Um, my uh, word I came up for, uh, with for a Wednesday night was common ground. I really believe that there's a need for a midweek place to, even, uh, to connect, even if it's for a few moments. I know a lot of our life groups and a lot of our teams meet on Wednesday nights. You might have a life group in your home on Wednesday night. We don't want to uh, move that away from Wednesdays. We don't want to um, change that. But as you're dropping off kids and as you're um, uh, maybe going from your home to uh, where your life group is, we want to create an environment here where you can can connect with people where you can, even if it's for a few moments. So you're going to hear more about that in, in coming weeks and months. Uh, my target is uh, the, week after, uh, the week after Easter to institute a little bit more of a, of a meeting space out here in our lobby as well as moving our adult classes here on, on Wednesday nights. Um, the second thing I believe God's calling us to uh, is to be healthily, uh, healthy financially. Um, I wrote this down. I think it's important to state. I want us to be careful stewards, not fearful managers. I want us to uh, uh, 
be careful with uh, from our end for our spending and, and those things that we use those resources for, but I don't want us to be fearful in, oh, what if the Lord doesn't provide or what if this, or we have to be fearful in proceeding. I believe that Crossroads has always been a generous church and will continue to be a, a generous church, but that involves all of us. And it's not just finances, it's our time, it's our treasures, it's our talents. And I believe God's calling us to be involved in that prayerfully and to allow for his supernatural provision to to uh, um, uh, move forward with uh, with our generosity uh, the last one it, it has along that same line as financially i really believe that the lord is is um, speaking stronger at least to me and to the the elders about reducing our debt um, something that we haven't had an opportunity to do in recent years, but I believe that uh, um, prayerfully um, God has some exciting days ahead for us and removing some debt will allow us to move forward and impact our community to a greater degree. Uh, when we moved into this building, um, just uh, the way the lending goes, um, there's something that's called 50% loan to value can be on that first mortgage. And our uh, um, loan that we took out or needed to take out was more than that, so it required us to have a second mortgage. In the first service, I mentioned the second mortgage, and I wasn't clear in stating that that, uh, second, or that second loan um, uh, was for our building. Um, I, didn't want, uh, I don't want people to think that that second mortgage was because we got behind and had to borrow money. Um, so we have a first mortgage and a second mortgage. And that second mortgage, the, the amount of that second mortgage uh, to service each month is $1,600 a month. So this is the smaller, the second mortgage. I've really felt like the Lord wants us to hone in on that second mortgage and do away with it. The, the, the amount, the principle of that is $160,000. And uh, I'm, I'm prayerfully proceeding. I'd love for you to pray along with me. Um, how we do that. Uh, right now, it's just, that's all it is. It's, I just feel like the Lord wants us to be free from that. Obviously, He wants us to be free from, from all of the debt, but I believe the first step is doing away with that second note and prayerfully moving forward. So some exciting days ahead uh, this coming year. I want to turn the corner. I believe the Lord shared something with me as uh, I, I thought about this Vision Update Sunday. And I, it was a picture. And the picture comes in Genesis uh, chapter 12, if you wouldn't mind turning there with me. Um, in Genesis chapter 12, beginning, or, sorry, last part of, of Genesis 11 and into chapter 12, you have Abram, actually Abram's dad, Terah. And uh, God speaks to Tara and says, I want you to go on a, a trip. I want you to take a trip. And this isn't just a trip where you're going to go somewhere and then come back. It's not like pack your bags, go and, you know, and uh, go to Cancun and come back. No, this is, I want you to move your family. It's interesting. I've, I've referred to this many times uh, from the platform here and in, in many of my sermons about family vacations in the Embry family when I, when I was a kid. Uh, many of you know I, I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, and we would take these uh, family vacations in our, um, and you'll see up here, this isn't the car, but it's a car like it. Um, this was our family truckster. Uh, 1977 uh, Oldsmobile Delta 88. 
okay? Um, smooth riding, never big enough for three boys in the back seat, but even though it was a boat. But we would uh, point this family truckster uh, south on Interstate 5, and we would go from Interstate 5 from Vancouver all the way to uh, Tijuana, Mexico is, I think, 1,400 miles. It's a long way. I've seen too many of those signs uh, in my lifetime, thousands of those signs. I know uh, Interstate 5 down the west coast of the United States intimately. Um, uh, yeah. It's kind of bringing back some chills, but anyways. Um, so we would load up the car and we would get moving in, in, in a similar way to Tara getting his family together and saying, okay, we're going, we're, we're moving. And this is what happens. Look at Genesis 11, uh, verse 27. It says, this is the account of Tara's family. Tara was the father of Abraham, Nahor and Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. Down verse 31, it says, One day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan. So this is collect everyone together, get all your stuff, put it in the carts, uh, put it on your back, put it on the donkeys, do whatever you need to. We are going from point A to point B. And this, this wasn't a job relocation. This wasn't like, um, okay, we're just moving across town. This was huge. This was a massive move. This was God. God spoke to Tara and pointed him toward Canaan. Nothing else but God. And so he went. This was this road trip, and I believe this, that step one for every single one of us is when we hear the voice of God, and, and God says to go, we need to go. Tara was doing what God had called him to do. God said go, and what did he do? Go. It sounds easy, doesn't it? But I think a lot of times we get doing, okay, well, when or how, or, but I'm not feeling it right now, God. There's too many other things that I got to take care of here. No, when God says go, we need to go. When God says go, we need to hear, we need to listen, we need to respond. But if we read on in verse 31, we see that something happens here. There's more. And we find out that this, this mission that, that Terah responded to God, uh, it wasn't very successful. Take a look. Verse 31 says, He moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed toward the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. I'll tell you right now, Haran is not Canaan. Okay? Haran is not Canaan. Haran is, is about Baghdad, Iraq, and they were going up around the Fertile Crescent. So they stopped there and they settled there. It doesn't say they stopped there and took a bathroom break and then they kept going. No, they stopped and they settled there. Um, back to the Embry family vacations down, uh, down Interstate 5. Uh, from Vancouver to Anaheim, California, where Disneyland is, it's a 24-hour drive, 24 hours. 
Trust me, I know. Uh, 24 hours. Now, we didn't do it all in one shot. We broke it up into two days, and there was this kind of midway point, 12 hours into our trip from Vancouver, Canada, to Northern California, a little town called Redding, California, with a hotel on the side of the road, and I believe, to the best of my knowledge uh, in history, I'm getting old, so I might have Alzheimer's, but I believe it was called the Red Lion Inn. And the Red Lion Inn had these massive windows in the front. It had an indoor pool, and this indoor pool had a volcano with a waterfall going, dumping into the pool. This is kid heaven. Back in the, like, think of the 70s. You're thinking, you know, usually you have these motor hotels that you drive up, and, and the pool is in the middle of the parking lot. It's like, no, no, thank you. I'm not bathing out in the middle of the parking lot. Well, this one had an indoor pool, and it's like, amazing. I think it even had a, a mini golf course around the pool. It's amazing. So we pull off the road. We are wiped out from 12 hours of driving. And these three boys, myself and my two brothers, we're in heaven. We have arrived and we go swimming and we have a grand old time and, and we, we go to sleep that night. We wake up the next morning. What did mom and dad say? All right, let's pack up, get in the car. And we're like, no, no, we're, we're staying. We've found utopia. We've found our place. We found it. And it was kind of interesting because where were we going? We were going to Disneyland. We were going like to Knott's Berry Farm and Magic Mountain and Universal Studios. And we were, we were going, but we didn't want to leave Redding, California. Why? Because there was a volcano with a, with, with a you know, waterfall and mini golf, and it was wonderful, and we didn't want to get back in that Delta 88 again. World War III in the back seat. You're over my, mom, he's over my line. Dad, he's, he's punching me. He's, did you ever do those things where you do the Indian burn things on your arms? And Man, I tell you, I had no hair left on my arm because my brothers were tearing it to shreds. I didn't want to get back in the car. And this is what happened to Abram and, and his family. They stopped. They camped out there. They didn't want to get back on that road. They didn't want to keep going. I believe there's some reasons why in our spiritual journey, in our spiritual walk, when God says, hey, I want you to go, uh, we, might, we might start on that journey and get going, but I think oftentimes we get distracted and, and we we stall out somewhere. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I guess as I've, as I've looked back on not just this past year, but these last two or three years, I've shared this with the staff, I shared this with the elders, and, and there's a side of me that's hesitant in sharing it with you, but I, I, you know, this is crossroads, so I'll just go ahead. Um, these last two or three years have probably been the hardest in ministry for me in 30 years. They've been so hard. Um, really difficult. Um, and I feel like at times, um, um, like we've stalled out. Now, that's, that's a huge uh, statement that I, I probably don't mean it, it, it to be that weighty with. Um, but this past year, just even looking at some of the, the ministry and some of the things that I believe that God has called us to, I think there's, there's a part of me that just feels a great amount of sadness because... Um, whether it's our own doing or whether it's externally, I think we've, we've got distracted with, with some things. And I, I truly want to pursue what God has for us. And I, I don't want to get stalled out. 
But as I look to our own personal lives, I believe that it's easy for us to do in our own personal lives too. God's called us to a mission. God's called us to pursue him and we get hung up for one reason or another. And I I wrote down a few things that that might lead to that for us. For one, I, I think we get ADD and we get distracted. You know, it's, it's like you're going along and all of a sudden squirrel. You're going along squirrel. You know, we just get distracted by things that are maybe more attractive or seemingly more attractive. Things that are comforting and soothing. Things that relieve stress. You know, oftentimes when God calls us to something, it, it, it's draining. It, it, it's work. It's hard. And trust me, there are things that are more... Um, pleasurable or easy or satisfying temporarily, although they might be. But many times we get distracted. You think of Israel following other gods. What? And yet they got distracted. Think of us looking to things that we think are more important. We get distracted. I think there's another uh, uh, aspect or another uh, part of, of stopping along the way, and that's we get tired. Fatigue sets in. We, we lose our focus. You think of, of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, Mount Carmel, and, and he's just had this amazing victory on Mount Carmel. And, he, and you know, within a few chapters, he's sitting there asking God to kill him. Let him die. And you're going, what? He's tired. He's worn out. Not just physically, but emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And I believe that that, that sometimes gets us sidetracked and stopped along the wayside how about this one we get disappointed or discouraged think of the 12 spies going into the land scoping out the land the land of canaan that that god said i have given you this land you just need to go and take it and these 12 spies come back and go oh boy what do they say they're too big the the walls are too fortified there's no way we can do it and they got discouraged and the the murmuring and the mumbling went through the camp Disappointed and discouraged. <clears throat> Sometimes what God is asking for us is a huge investment of time and energy and trust. It's easy to get discouraged along the way. How about this one? We get hurt. No one's ever been hurt in church, have they? Think of the disciples after the crucifixion. Think of the man at the pool of Bethesda. You can find all sorts of evidence throughout Scripture of people hurting, losing their way. Another one is, I believe we feel abandoned. Once again, Elijah, there he was. He had just defeated all these prophets of Baal. And, and what's his call out to the Lord? I'm the only one left. I'm the only one who hasn't bowed their knee to, to Baal. I'm the only one who's faithful to you, Lord. I'm the only one. He's feeling completely abandoned and alone. God has to remind him that he's not the only one. All this leads to the neglect of our call and neglect of our journey. Like I said, for me over the past two, three years, every one of these emotions have showed up in some way, shape, or form in my journals. I'm sure for you too. You see, we get weary, we get tired, we feel abandoned, we feel disappointed and hurt and discouraged. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. But God, right? But God. Keeping with the football theme. Can't visit a 
Super Bowl Sunday sermon without quoting Vince Lombardi, right? He says, it's not how many times you get knocked down that counts. What is it? It's the number of times you get up. I believe that God has called each and every one of us to continue the journey. Just like the Embry family had to leave that, that oasis of a hotel in Redding, California. And get back in the car and continue the journey on. We need to get back on the road. Look at Genesis chapter 12 and we'll close with this. Genesis 12 verse 4. It says, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Get this, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. It's not too late. It's never too late to continue your journey. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people who had taken into the household at Haran and he headed for the land of Canaan. I believe step one is we, we need to move. Step two is we need to continue the journey. We need to keep moving. I believe that's what God has called us to do as individuals. It's what God has called us to do as a church. Yeah, we've had some things that have distracted us. Yes, we've had some things that have maybe even disappointed us and discouraged us. Maybe you've tried an area of ministry and it hasn't gone quite the way you wanted it to. Maybe you've allowed some people into your life that you really felt were, were godsends and maybe they haven't added up and maybe someone's even hurt you. Maybe you've said yes to ministry and it hasn't quite looked the way like you wanted it to. Maybe there hasn't been quite the, the feeling of accomplishment. Maybe you've felt alone. Maybe you've, you're just tired. Whatever it is, I believe what God has to say to each and every one of us today is it's time to move again. It's time to put that behind us and keep moving. Get back on the road. Believe me, God redeems the hurt. God redeems the fatigue. God redeems the feelings of loneliness. The bumps and the bruises. Just like I said in the beginning, this isn't something we can do on our own. Just like the disciples couldn't do it on their own. I want us to remember the words of Jesus himself who said, I will make you. I'll help you accomplish what I've called you to do. You don't need to bring your boat. You don't need to bring your nets. You don't need to bring your uh, accountant logs from that tax collector desk. I want you to leave that behind and I want you to come with me and I will make you, I will accomplish it in your life. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I really believe that the Lord wants to speak directly to some of those things that have distracted us. Some of those things that have pulled us off the interstate and have us holed up in a, what we think is a pretty cool looking hotel. Lord, I pray right now for those who are tired here today. They've been serving you some for decades. But just fatigue has got the best of them and they've come to a conclusion that might sound like this. I'm, I'm sitting this one out. I need to rest. Lord, I pray that you would speak into their lives. You would renew their strength. They would mount up on wings like eagles. Run, not grow weary. Walk and not faint. You'd invigorate and give them the energy that they can't conjure up themselves. 
the energy to serve again, the energy to trust again, the energy to worship again, even though they feel tired. Lord, for those who are hurt, I pray that you'd bring healing. Guaranteed there's people in this, in this service here, in this congregation who have been hurt by church. They've been hurt by maybe even a pastor. Maybe they've even been hurt by me. Lord, I pray you'd redeem that. You'd bring healing. Heal their hearts, Lord. If that's you, I want you to just reach out to him and receive healing from him. Maybe you've been distracted. Maybe there's other things that have climbed up your most important list. God can redeem that. Maybe you felt alone or abandoned. God's here to redeem that today. Just like he showed Elijah that you're not alone. He pointed over the hill and said, there's 400 over there who haven't bowed their knee to, to Baal. Would you allow the Lord to show you that you're not alone? That you're not bearing this weight all by yourself? Maybe you're discouraged. I pray that the joy, the Lord's joy would be your strength. You truly experience the joy of the Lord. I don't know how many times over the last number of years. I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic and I like to think happy guy. But there were times in my quiet times with the Lord where I had asked him the question, Lord, am I depressed? Because I'm not feeling a lot of joy these days. And you might be there today where you're just not feeling a lot of joy. And no matter what you do, no matter which way you turn, it doesn't seem to be returning to you. Can I encourage you today to look to Him and allow Him to fill you with joy? That His joy, not your own, His joy would be your strength. So Lord, apply that to each one here. Soothe hurts. Realign our hearts with yours and help us back on the road to where you would have us go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm inviting you to stand. I'm inviting our altar team to come up here to the front. and We're going to dismiss. I'm going to get uh, Jonathan to pronounce a benediction over us. I know we have some kids that need to be picked up. I don't want to be sensitive to our children's workers and that. But I truly believe that there are some here that uh, need some ministry today, someone to pray with you. I believe there are some things that uh, just need to be given over to the Lord. And if that's you, I invite you as we dismiss, uh, just make your way up here to the front. Uh, maybe uh, you others in your family and you can just maybe, or maybe a friend you could just give them your kid pickup tag and say hey do you mind picking up my kids I, I just need to be, receive some prayer and that's, that's appropriate allow the Lord to do an amazing thing in your life change your life renew your strength and get you back on the road to where he has very optimistic of this year of ministry here at Crossroads God's got exciting things God has has changed lives ahead of us. 
in ours included. All right, God bless.